0: Welcome to the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing
1: Podcast, where we explore the hottest topics in cyber marketing, interview experts, and help you become a better cybersecurity marketer. Hi, everybody. Just a quick note
0: before this episode starts, Sam Tyler is going to go over an amazing out-of-home campaign that he did at Bug Crowd during RSA 2019. We do have photos of that campaign available for viewing on our blog, just go to the link in the show note and you'll be able to see all of the awesome campaign graphics that Sam is mentioning on this episode. Also want to say I've got a new mic that sounds like smooth velvet like this. That'll be coming up in our future episodes. And if you have any feedback, send us a note at hey there at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. Enjoy! Hello, everyone who is listening, and welcome to our next episode of Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing. I'm your host, Jana Whitfer,
1: and I'm Maria Velasquez, and
0: we are so excited today to have Sam Tyler here. He is the senior manager of corporate marketing at Bugcrowd, and also had a previous role at Arcos Labs. So, has been quite a bit of experience in cybersecurity marketing. So to go right off the bat, Sam, we're just going to start lobbing questions at you.
2: Yeah, I love it. Throw them at me.
0: So, why cybersecurity marketing?
2: Yeah, I mean that's a great question, and I think I ask myself that question every day. <laughs> you know, even now. So I fell into cybersecurity marketing really by accident. So it was 2014. I was looking for a new job. Uh, so at the time, I was working in travel. You know, still in branding and de- you know design, but I was thinking. <sighs> This is so boring. Like, there's got to be more to you know more out there that's taking advantage of the things that I love. And so I, I responded to a job ad uh, in Australia on our regular job board, Seek. Uh, it's like you know the Zillow of jobs, uh, and it was asking for someone who had experience in advertising, uh, but also in design. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> so I applied, and I walked into a dilapidated building, went up four stairs because there wasn't an elevator and had a interview with two founders and at the time I didn't know that you know this was a startup that it was in my mind I just thought it was a full company went through you know full-on startup interview in that moment winged it and then ended up getting the job and that job was at Arcos Labs And so at the time we had a much more niche focus. So today uh, the business is, you know, certainly in fraud prevention, but at the time, you know, we were more focused on just like, how do we stop bots doing things on the internet that we don't want them to do? And then, you know, five years later, I moved on to bug crowd and here I am.
0: Awesome. For the listeners out there who don't know what bug crowd is, which is not many, but for the few who don't, what does bug crowd do?
2: Yeah, so we're a cybersecurity uh, knowledge platform that orchestrates data, technology, and human intelligence to expose blind spots. You know, To simplify that even more, we're taking some of the greatest uh, hacking minds that are out there and connecting them with organizations to help them create a force multiplier within their organization of finding where they could potentially be attacked or be weak.
0: That was a really good elevator pitch right there. That's like oh, awesome. That's like on point. <laughs>
2: Been working on it.
0: <laughs> so I think you know, one of the reasons we wanted to invite you onto this podcast is because you have like a hilariously you just have this crazy story about an out-of-home ad buy that just went like bananas, basically. Really? So you post about it in our Slack channel. And we just have to hear the story of this. You created a campaign for Bug Crowd, right? And it was an out-of-home campaign. So can you tell us about this campaign and where it was and, you know,
1: the basis behind it? And then we're going to ask you, like, what the crazy part is. (laughs) We should also explain what out-of-home is for the listeners that don't know or have never done, you know, an out-of-home campaign.
2: Yeah. So maybe we can start there. So, you know, back when I was in college, I remember out-of-home was like very much not trendy it was i mean out of home certainly has its place but essentially out of home is a physical media so buying a billboard a news rack a bus stop poster and how this all came about i was four weeks on the job at bug crowd and on my first day at the job my hiring manager lauren craigie she was like hey cool so we're gonna do sko just you and me and we have four weeks to do it so we built all the content out and then, on day one, I am just like a gelatinous mess from all the stress at this point i've given <laughs> oh and my one of my first tasks was to redo and pitch the overview deck at s k o so I was just like ready for it. I'm sitting there on my break, and our marketing ops guy comes in and goes, "Hey, so you know r s a is coming up in like a month well." we spent 10k and we bought these news racks and we don't know what to do with them like do you have any ideas and I was like yeah sure like you know like let's talk about it we'll get a meeting going and he's like well we need the artwork tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) we don't even have a campaign yet we just we have ten thousand dollars worth of out of home signage around the Moscone Center no campaign (laughs) no nothing and I'm like four weeks on the job thinking oh my, this is going to be fun. So in about 45 minutes, I proceeded to get, you know, our VP of ops, our head of PMM in a room. and we just started jamming on ideas. And the, the idea that caused the least friction was like, how do we create like a, you know, a sizeless idea that isn't attached to a specific product or campaign? It's a brand campaign. We want to catch people walking between our, you know, meeting space and venue and the Moscone Center. So it's really just about getting bug crowd and, and the pitch. And so we came up with on the spot just some things that we felt like CISOs would never say or security engineers would never say, but that we would emphasize uh, the part that they wouldn't say and then put that little, you know, uh, attribution and small text below it. So, yeah, that's how it all came about.
1: Tell us one example of what one ad actually was saying.
2: It was like, you know, like oh, I can't wait until artificial intelligence replaces my team, said, <laughs> you know, no CISO ever. You know, I think at the time there was still that link. I mean, AI is still everywhere, but there's still that, you know, over reliance on AI and ML and how it's gonna solve everything in cybersecurity and one day we'll just need one little CISO in an office and everything will be fine.
0: What timeline was this, Sam? Was this in like twenty nineteen?
2: No, this was right at the outset of the pandemic. So I remember at this point, like, um we were gearing up to go to RSA and I probably had a week's notice between when we had sent the artwork and when they actually went up. And then they were up and I was like, you know, I remember going to RSA and being like, oh, no one's wearing masks, but should I be wearing a mask? You know, there was certainly, you know, tension. I went around, took some pictures of the, the news racks and that was it. And then of course the world fell apart. And then six or eight months later, I'm in an Uber you know, just like minding my own business. And I turned to my side and I'm like, was COVID like a fever dream? Did I just like step back and I'm an RSA? Because that's definitely my news rack. And then it was just like, you know, that effect, uh, you know, I can't remember the name of but like where I just kept seeing it everywhere after that. And I realized that not a single one had come down. So I guess either that news rack company was like, didn't have another buyer for that space after it, or they just figured like, I don't know, they could have gone out of business as well and they just left that media up. And so for months and months afterwards, I'd be getting texts and be like, oh, I love this like news rack campaign you're doing. What a like clever idea. I bet the media is so cheap right now. I'm like, you wouldn't believe the prices. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i have to give credit the 10k that we invested you know was not my original decision i wasn't like we must do out of home um uh, it was sort of something i inherited and it ended up just becoming this amazing you know roi or giving this amazing roi for us
0: and now we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors and producers hack your valley media Chris Cochran and Ron Eddings run an amazing studio here, which produces not only the breaking through in cybersecurity marketing podcast, but a bunch of other shows that you're going to want to listen to as well. So all these shows plus more, and then on top of that, probably even more coming soon are available to look at, listen to and sponsor at hackervalley.com. Make sure you go over there and say, Hey, Gianna and Maria said I should come check out your website, listen to your shows and a uh, sponsor, a podcast or two. Thanks.
1: of ROI, what did you put on the artwork? What did you put on the ads and the signage to help you with some sort of attribution? And I get that, you know, this is debatable and it can be controversial. And if it's just brand, do you really need, what did you do? How do you know if somebody actually came to your website or came to your booth or came and talked to the sales team after seeing that? And I know that sometimes it's impossible.
2: Well, It's a great question and the scariest word to say to your marketing ops person is nothing um (laughs) but you know what's interesting is at the time you know we had inherited or i had inherited this media space and we had to make a decision on that spot of like okay if this is going to be linked to a landing page or some way that we're tracking this or an action there has to be a whole campaign built out around this and there Mm -hmm. just wasn't enough time to do that And also, you know, looking at the spend, it was like, why did we do this? Did we do this to generate leads? No. If anything, it was how do we create wayfinding around Moscone that keeps us, you know, because between every touch point until they get to the next milestone, which is our venue or what, and just keeping them front of, you know, keeping it top of mind. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is so rarely in brand marketing do you get that opportunity when someone asks you like an ops question to turn around and be like but actually I have a way to measure that
1: uh, and i okay. think
2: that you <laughs> know you know because it takes so long for these campaigns to pay off right everyone wants like a campaign to pay off so quickly particularly in b2b and digital but you know now you can look at it like okay so it's been 2 years more or less since they went up and i don't know if they're still up i should go and check but You know, we can look back on all of the interactions that we had from those signs. Every time it was, you know, brought up in a meeting, it was actually written down in the notes, RSA. And you could start to look back on that. And I think if you were to to weigh up all of those engagements and just all of the excess that you would never be able to measure, $10,000 is like play money. It's funny. It's
0: like in a... Commercial real estate, when you're, sorry to turn this somehow into a commercial real estate analogy, <laughs> but right, when McDonald's is looking for a location, it's like, we don't know exactly how many people are going to actually enter our store, but we know if they drive past our building, uh, you know, a million times, and we mm-hmm. know that like, you know, 50,000 cars drive past that road, uh, it's a better location than one where no one's going to see it. So if you're yeah. right at the Moscone
1: during RSA, I mean it's like geofencing in in terms of like digital right it's it's just got a physical aspect to it right
2: yeah and i think you know when you're at a conference you are fighting you are just absolutely fighting tooth and nail to get A little bit of mind space and so that kind of like spider-man view of like how he uses his webs to jump from building to building to get around new york city and it's just like okay so we have two locations essentially at the moscone how do we get between them and it's like leaving cookie crumbs there's certainly no way of being like will that person definitely turn into a lead but at an event like that you just want to be top of mind even in some way of people who you aren't perfect for because you spent so much money to be on the floor there or to be at that event that at that point, you know, it's not, I don't want to say spray and pray, but you know, you want to have visibility.
1: Like Gianna said, you have had experience in other industries. What are some learnings that you brought from other industries in terms of brand marketing that cyber could definitely make use of, you know, to make life a, a lot easier for us cybersecurity security marketers? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that with the rise of digital, particularly like in terms of marketing, we have gotten a little bit sidetracked and everything is about instant reaction. What's happening right now? What can we do right now? And we often, you know, turn to huge companies for inspiration, but those companies have teams of people who are creating designs and concepts and brand campaigns that, you know, make all of these wild ideas come together to form a complete whole and so often when i look at anything in cyber marketing i see great ideas buried below just generic or you know this is the bare minimum that's needed you know it's like we need a headline we need a value proposition we need three benefits we need like a market texture thing that has an arrow going that way and then we need a customer logo bar and like tick we are an officially in a cybersecurity company. And it's like, to me, I think yet the same people who are behind those companies or working at those companies will say things like, we have the culture of Apple, like we're innovative, we're, you know, we're focused on design and we want to be the best. And they talk to their customers like this, but at the same time, they're sending their customers Canva designs that look exactly like everyone else. Now, I love Canva. It's an Australian company and badass CEO shout out to her yeah but you know Canva is a tool and I think that you would never download like a you know go to market strategy template off Google and then just like fill in the boxes and submit that to your boss and yet we all the time download templates and then just submit that to our customers and and assume that they won't know the difference and I think that we do a disservice to customers in that way
1: that's really interesting we love canva here the society and mainly because you know the three co-founders are just bootstrapping this side hustle thing
2: I haven't seen anything that I can call you out on yet but give
1: it time <laughs> okay good uh, but you know we're definitely tempted to get you on a zoom call separately and show you a few things and, and give us some pointers on how we can elevate and do some brand evolution of the society
2: I think you guys are elevating the industry. Don't worry about
1: that.
0: (laughs) Thank you. you. (laughs) I think you forgot one thing, Sam. Also blue. There's a lot of blue in cybersecurity still. What do you think about
2: that? I hate it. Another thing that I can't get away from, and I'm not going to say that I hate it, but I'm di- for my next opportunity, if anyone's out there, I just want to say if your logo includes a hexagon, I'm not interested oh! uh, because <laughs> the last knows? two companies I've worked at have had the hexagon and granted at Arcos Labs, I designed that, but you know, still like to inherit (laughs) another hexagon. There's only so many things you can do with a hexagon when it comes to design and content. And so I'm looking for new shapes. Um, (laughs) Well, you can turn it, right? At Arco Slabs it was up and now it's sitting <laughs> flat. So I need a new shape or at least a new side. But when I was designing the Arco Slabs brand identity, actually there was a lot of push. We had all like the different swatches up on the wall of the logo. There was a lot of push for the blue. And not because people were like, oh my god, blue is like the best color. It was always oh, the least people have problem with blue. And I'm like, that is the exact reason why it shouldn't be blue. Right. Like people treat cybersecurity marketing and identity a lot like kind of like a newborn baby. Like you must be very careful with it and hold it very, because people will be very scared of it. And it's very tender and fragile, but it's like, have you ever spoken to like a mother of a newborn? They can't wait to give you their baby. (laughs) Like they're just like, please hold the baby, you know? And I think that's a good way to think about it. It's like, you have to stand out. And then, you know, if you're going blue, gray, and it's like, wow, another word mark written in Proxima Nova.
1: Oh my God. Uh, You know what I mean? It's like,
2: not to be shady, but it's like we spend so much time as a marketing team and as product teams grinding on what is it going to do and how is it going to change the world and how are we going to get investment? How are we going to do this? And then it's like, oh, but marketing and design, we'll just just send that off to a contractor. It'll be fine. Don't worry. And I think we need to spend more time there.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think a lot of startups do make that mistake to put design on the back burner for a while or...
2: Or it goes the other way where they go like over-designed and you're like, wait, what do you do? Like everything looks gorgeous, but like, what do you do? Yeah. Well, you know, it's the other way, so yeah.
1: Word to the wise startups, get your designer early, get your marketing ops person <laughs> early. That's my <laughs> advice for you today.
0: <laughs> don't put a hexagon in, don't put a blue hexagon in. No hexagons,
2: in. <laughs> no, no hexagons.
0: What are some other things that people can do to stand out in cybersecurity? Like if you are building a brand from scratch, And someone was like, oh, we have this awesome cybersecurity product that does XXX. Like, what would you advise them to think about?
2: Make a plan. And when I say plan, make a plan for your brand. So how do you want people to feel about that? Like, it's all good and well with the nuts and bolts, but you haven't got anyone to care about your product or you enough to worry about that yet. And so if you were just to be pitching this to one person or a group of people, what would you want them to feel about you or the product? Now think about that in 12 months or six months, you know, whatever, whatever interval, how is that going to change? And then what are the steps you're going to put in between those milestones to actually get there? And you at the beginning do have to kind of guesstimate it a bit because when it comes to building equity in people's minds and you don't really and always have that immediate feedback, even if you did have a, you know, a, like a click-through rate of how much they care about you, it wouldn't be accurate. And so it's like building up that equity over time is really the most important. So I'd say start with a plan. And if it doesn't work on paper, it's definitely not going to work in reality.
0: <laughs> All right, Sam, how many months did you actually think that campaign ran? at rsa or in san francisco since rsa was over
2: yeah so it 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 must have been at least 14 months
0: oh my gosh that's the last time
2: i remember yeah so yeah it's absolutely insane
0: so that's amazing so uh, thank you for sharing your story about your once in a lifetime like literally this will never happen again and it won't happen to any (laughs) of us either it'll be like the thing that we all like try and go after next year and like nope never gonna happen (laughs) um your hilariously high roi campaign at rsa what would you be doing if you weren't in marketing
2: if i wasn't in marketing i would probably be i mean if i had the the talent for it i would be on a stage on broadway somewhere
1: Ooh, i love I love it. I knew the answer was going to be somewhere in the arts, right?
2: So I went to a performing arts high school um, or like was in a performing arts program. And I never in a million years thought I'd be in cybersecurity marketing or working at a startup in tech. I was like, I'm an actor. But (laughs) I had this vision of, you know, just like creating art and being amazing and being just an artist. And then in college, I started working as a designer in, you know, agency land of freelance. And I was like, wow. I need to be around people who can talk strategically because if someone just says, make the logo bigger one more time, I'm gonna scream. Like that, that's, that's, not gonna, that's not gonna help out our campaign if we just make the logo bigger.
0: Maybe one day we will see on the stage.
2: Yeah, I maybe mean, you will.
0: Maybe when we produce our, our upcoming movie.
2: Or maybe I already <gasps> have been.
0: Oh, wait, have you?
2: Wait, I wanna see who can Google this now.
0: Oh crap, all right.
2: If you find a really good screenshot, send it to me. Okay. And it may not have been the stage. It might've been TV.
0: What? Are <gasps> you on Dawson's Creek? I wish. Okay. Wow. I don't know if this will be easy to find.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me on there. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Yes. We've loved having you here. Hopefully you can come back one day too and share some more about brand marketing. How can people connect with you?
2: Totally. Uh, <laughs> hit me up on LinkedIn is the best place to grab me.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing.
1: Bye, everyone. Be sure to subscribe so you can get the alerts for the next episode. Cheers. See you next time. We'll see you next time.